the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello this is the property pod my name is suren naidu and on this moneyweb podcast show we chat to leading executives and developers in south africa's property sector on this latest episode, we are joined by Jason McCormick, CEO of Jersey Listed Exemplar Retail, which is a market-leading developer, owner, and manager of township and rural shopping centers across South Africa. It effectively came out of the McCormick Property Development Group stable, and as a listed fund, Exemplar currently has a portfolio of around 23 assets valued at over 7 billion rand. We're talking township and rural retail again on the podcast, which still seems to be flavor of the month in the commercial property space at the moment in South Africa. If you just look at the likes of Exemplar's results recently, in addition to other players that uh, operate in this space, such as Vukile and Delta. Welcome to the property pod, Jason. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Township and rural retail is still thriving in the country and Exemplar is benefiting from this. Obviously, you've been in the game for much longer than Exemplar has been listed, but the latest results are quite strong. What would you say is behind the success of the sector of the market? Certainly, I think the, you, you know, you mentioned that Township and Rural seems to be the flavor of the month and it seems to be thriving at the moment. It's the only landscape that I've ever known. Um, we've been doing this for 40 years. Um, and so, you know, for us, it's, it's kind of just business as usual. I think people are saying it's thriving relative to, you know, more urbanized uh, retail development or, or resi or commercial or, or whatever else it is. So it's obviously relative to how other uh, subsectors are, are doing. For us, as I say, it's, it's, it's business as usual. Yes, sure, we've, you know, proven to be a bit more resilient. But, you know, we've been doing this for 40 years. And I think that's our differentiating factor is our ability to put together a business that, that is, is, is good at what we do in terms of focusing on this specific niche. Uh, it's all we've ever done, um, and with that level of specialisation, I think it's our it's our understanding of the market that's really you know played a big part in in, in the results we've just posted. As much as it is that the the township and rural is is a lot more buoyant, there's no doubt there is a lot more happening that isn't getting captured by the the statistician general and and a lot of the economists because there is this informal market that is cash driven, and we are actually you know we're operating on the sides of that. So there is a lot of truth to be said that it is doing well. But as I say, it's, it's, it's all I've ever known. So, you know, comparing it, it is just business as usual for us. Jason, do you want to highlight some of the, the key stats out of your, your results? Because uh, it seems to be one of the sector topping performances. Yeah, well, you know, to be honest, I haven't looked at how, how anyone else has, has really done. We've been too focused on, you know, obviously last year was a, was, was a bad one for us in terms of the July rights. We had an exemplar of five. Of our properties were looted and damaged. Um, all four out of the five have been rebuilt, and and so you know we've been just been focusing on getting the business up and running again. Um, our, you know, despite the backdrop of all of that, you know our, our growth in in distributions of 38% uh, is is without a doubt the highlight um, of of the results. You know our LTV just over 35%. And yeah, the, you know, the, the business is, is is in good shape. We've we've got strong growth in our in our turnovers. Our, our 
anchor tenants, our line shops, or everyone trading well. Our vacancies are significantly down from uh, a year before that. So you know, there's very few metrics that one can look at when one looks at looks at the business as it stands at the moment. That you know that that we can say well, we'd we'd like to be doing better in 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 this or that aspect. I think where where the business stands at the moment, and you know, kind of where we're poised to be taking it. We're, we're on a very good foundation now. As you know, so I'm certainly excited for, you know, where we are now. Uh, we have had good results behind us. And, you know, when we listed three years ago, we were new kids on the block. Although, the, the, you know, next year, March, the business will be 40 years old, McCormick Property Development, which is kind of, it was the, the mother company uh, that gave birth to Exemplar four years ago. Mm. Um, you know, and I'm certainly excited with, you know, what's the, the wind under the wings that, that we've been given through the listing of Exemplar um, and, and our ability to really roll out the pipeline that McCormick's got, as well as leveraging on the, you know, the institutional knowledge that we've got as a team uh, in terms of our asset management. Um, and I'm certainly looking forward to leveraging that a lot more as well going forward. Um, as, we, as we keep on looking for acquisitions and alternate ways to grow the portfolio um, over, you know, beyond just what MPD can provide in terms of its development pipeline. Talking development pipeline, Jason, Clearly, the group still sees opportunity for expansion, having opened a mall of Tumbisa, for example, in 2020, in the peak of the pandemic. Also, several other developments are on the go currently. Where is Exemplar investing and what are the drivers behind these developments? Because um, you still have perhaps it's the more urban uh, shopping center funds saying we overdeveloped, we have too many malls, there's no more opportunities, but clearly you don't see that. Well, yeah, no, clearly I don't. Otherwise, I'd be doing something else. Um, you know, certainly we've been we've been seeing how our areas have been developing. Um, you know, over a, a long period of time, we've seen the impact that our developments have on communities that we've developed 30 plus years ago. And so, you know, it, it always pulls us back in to, to do more in areas that, that need the kind of development, mental interventions that we bring when we, when we bring our development. So certainly, the, you know, the pipeline is very long. It's something that I've worked on extensively and very personally, very closely over my time. I've been at the company 20 years now. Um, and we put a lot of time into developing that pipeline. You, you know, quite rightly said, Mall of Timbisa is our biggest ever development. In a single phase at 45,000 square meters in, in Clayville and Timbisa was open just, you know, in, in 2020. Uh, we then did Flagstaff uh, as McCormick property in, in the Eastern Cape. We've got a big focus on the Eastern Cape. There's no doubt about that. We've got a number of schemes that we are having the pipeline there with the Dutra um, uh, in leasing at the moment. And so the Eastern Cape is, is, is somewhere that we are strategically looking at, you know, about 10 years ago, strategically focused on the Gauteng townships, given the, the rural urban migration that was happening and the growth rates that we've seen. Um, and that's led to developments like um, like we've got in, in Mamalodi coming up now in Timbisa that you just mentioned. Mamalodi will open the 27th of October this year. Mm. It's the development with Putt Prop. It's about almost 17,000 square meters leasable area. Um, then the very next day we open almost nine, no, 19 and some change thousand square meters GLA in Kwabaka, which is the old Mount Freer in the Eastern Cape. And then another three weeks after that, we'll open Bizana Walk also in the Eastern Cape. So both Bizana Walk and um, Andy Dutra, Kwabaka Mall, are, are the first two developments being done within Exemplar. Uh, we've, it's a bit of a change of tack from our 
from my stated intention on listing where the guys said they didn't want us to take development risk when I say the guys, the, the analysts and the business community at large, they didn't want us to put too much development risk mm. um, in, into the business. And, and now the guys that are on the sidelines saying, well, we want to get our interest. We, you know, I'd like to see you guys doing more developments in, in Exemplar itself because we certainly got the, the ability to, you know, to kind of add, add that development yield um, to add a bit more cream to the fund. Just a ballpark figure in terms of, of, of development pipeline, for example, in, uh, specifically, but obviously you're also involved with uh, McCormick Property Development, and, and that company also has its own uh, pipeline in a way, which doesn't only include township, but also some urban property plays. Yeah, 100%. So all I can really um, speak on uh, in terms of development opportunities within Exemplar are the two that I've mentioned and the other that we do mention in our annual report, which is Vuani Mall, um, mm. and that's a new CBD we're developing in near Toyandu. Um, so those are the ones that I can speak of in Exemplar. In terms of McCormick property, I can be fairly specific. We've got 28 secured projects. It's always said that we've we, we've got over 30. Where we, we, we're developing. We'll open three of those uh, this year, so I've taken them out of that list. Uh, we've got 28 secured developments uh, with 536,000 square meters worth of rights for those. And those are all rural and township retail schemes. Uh, so that's all secured in, in, in MPD, in, in McCormick Property Development. With, uh, with obviously the uh, exemplar has the, the rights to, to take over any of those. First right. And with exemplar specifically, uh, what is the value uh, ballpark figure for that development pipeline? The ballpark figure, I'd say half a bar, half a big bar. Okay. You know, I, I, I can't speak. Um, no, it'll be more than that. It'll be seven hundred. Okay. Some somewhere, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just guessing uh, right now. So, so don't. Fortunately, our shares so liquid. You know, nothing that I say is price sensitive. But uh, it's in there with if you if you look at the different uh, developments, you can total it up. I might have caught you yeah, off guard so. there, but I know you're juggling several developments at the moment. But uh, thanks for that, uh, Jason. Turning to a little bit of, um, you know, the the bad news from last year, which shocked South Africa, the whole riots in KwaZulu-Natal and Kauteng. Several property companies were affected, but retailers as well. With Exemplar, you mentioned in your results that I think around five were affected, but uh, four are are opened. Mm -hmm. Give us an update on the portfolio in terms of what's happening from that perspective. Um, I know that, um, for example, the Greater Edendale Mall was the worst affected and virtually totally gutted. Where is that sitting at the moment? And maybe give us some insight in terms of how much being reinvested there to open that mall. I would gather you would have got some sort of payouts from Sasria and... And yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So we, you know, as we mentioned in the annual report, we were, we were fully insured, and and we we did reach set, set, uh, settlement with Sasria. It wasn't the the full amount that 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 we wanted, um, but anyway, it, it we were willing to take a, settle on a lesser amount so that we could get paid out in full once and for all, and then just literally be masters of our own destiny and finish as quickly as we could the the building program. The Great Edendale Mall is the only development that hasn't fully reopened it hasn't opened at all it was uh, well over 231 million rands worth of damage to be to be precise Mm. Um, and that the first phase will open um, in uh, August this year it'll be about 11,000 square meters with boxer um, anchoring that boxer and clicks uh, anchoring that phase 
Um, the second phase will be open before Christmas. Uh, but we are aiming for the week before Black Friday. That will be about another 12,000 square meters. Um, and that's the main aim is to bring all the food, uh, the groceries. That will bring ShopRite and a lot of the services back in, the, the, uh, the financial services. The, the final phase will be completed by April next year, which will bring a full almost 30,000 square meters GLA back back online. And that's the, the main fashion run. So we're kind of bringing the, the essential goods and services back um, first um, and leaving the this uh, call it non-essentials but the you know the more clothing related stuff that will all open early next year then we'll be up, up and running 100 percent in terms of the the damage that was uh, caused it was as, as you rightly said was five five developments 24.4 percent of our portfolio was damaged or destroyed um, in in basically in, in three days in July. It was a hell of a stressful time for all of us but I tell you the you know the team pulled together incredibly well and I'm looking forward to you know having to rebuild five shopping centres and you know we're opening three this year. We opened Flagstaff last year with all the with all the difficulty with supply chain and everything else. Opening forty five thousand under lockdown, you know we've been through a hell of a lot. So you know it, it's because we I'm really excited excited for the you know what's to come because we've got really an incredible time on our development um, timeline coming up over the next couple of years. Some really amazing developments that we've taken 10 years, five years, seven years to, to put together that are all now ready for, for development. So it's, it's nice. We've, we've, we've gone to school and university and done our doctorate in unforeseen events over the past two and a half years. Um, so, you know, it's, I'm looking forward to what we can do you know, going forward. And I think if we speak again next year, it'll, it'll, it should hopefully be more of the same. God willing, we don't have any of these, you know, <laughs> shocks that, uh, to the system. Turning to a little bit more positive uh, side of things here, um, I know Exemplar pretty well. Um, I didn't do my story on Timbisa Mall, but um, Timbisa is quite a, quite a success story there. But Exemplar has close relationships with many communities that it operates in. Uh, with the, with Timbisa Mall, for example, the community and taxi owners uh, defended the mall in a way last year. I saw a press release that you sent out uh, when those issues were happening in South Africa. Perhaps you want to expand on this as the group has several community-linked initiatives from things like urban farming to entrepreneurial development. Maybe you can give us highlights of, of some of the initiatives that, that uh, Exemplar does uh, beyond building the actual malls. No, 100%. You know, I think I think we've always been a very community-focused organization from the earliest days when my father first started McCormick Property. Deaths of Apartheid being the first kind of like white developer to go and try and develop in the, what was termed at the time, the homelands and working with the local communities to, to gain their trust, working with them to recycle business and, and create local microeconomies. Uh, that would ultimately help self-sustain the, the these new CBD nodes that were being created, uh, you know, far away from where you know people uh, could previously get get goods and services. So I think, you know, working with communities from before we even lay our first brick on the development side and and going forward on the asset management phase of the business has always been critical uh, in terms of, of of what we do. I think since you know speaking exemplar specifically. Um, since we since since we listed, we've we've run over close on 250 various CSI initiatives, 
um, you know, over 20, 21 million rand worth of CSI spend that, that we've that we've co- contributed into into various projects, and, and that's accelerating as we go with this, you know, this new um, CSG funding um, that, that that we've got. Uh, we will be able to accelerate uh, a lot of what we're doing in the, in the, with the communities. I think the the Tembisa thing that you mentioned uh, that they protected was, was just one of many uh, examples where we did have worked with the community to help protect. The more. So certainly, without the communities, Tembisa included, Alex included, Kabukweni, Sakani. There's a, a number, number, number of them uh, where the guys came out in support. Um, and uh, yeah, as, as I say, I, I, they make debt of gratitude. In terms of other other, other exciting stuff, and we're always working on on, on new things, um, ways to work with communities. So so urban agriculture is, is something that's really close to my heart. We've got the Rio Hola. Um, where we're now installing new shade tunnels for them uh, so they can expand their business in Tembisa. Um, the Tembisa as well, we're seeing an expansion of the Kazi Collab, which is a, a township de- designers emporium, where we're empowering local Tembisa, um, local artisans, clothing designers, uh, with, with free space to, um, in, at the main entrance of Tembisa. That's being rolled out um, across our portfolio. Next is at Edendale Mall in Mamalodi Square will be the next. We're also working with Growth Point to bring a Kazi Collab to their Alberton City Mall. Um, okay. We've got the family and and exemplars big on education, so we we've invested heavily into Tutor Life, uh, Tutor Dot Life, uh, which is a it's a, basically it's it's micro education courses um, where where people can for free uh, do over three hundred courses, get certificates, um, and and we're giving people access to that. The the Yes program um, in, in at Alex Moore, we we did a, a partnership there with the Yes for Youth, and we've got a hub there in, at, at Alex Moore with only. About 220 people have gone through that program since it's been opened, and it's we've now opened the first two phases of that. Um, oh, we've, we've built two, <laughs> we built two, we rebuilt two houses that burnt down for elderly people. We've got another one coming up. We're rebuilding a school admin block. There's, uh, we're refitting lights in hospitals. There's, there's ongoing. It's every, every, you know, it's every day of the week. We've got some, there's something different. You know, there are. And that's over and above equity schemes for local business people, preferential space for for local businesses within the shopping centre, subsidised rent for local businesses and business owners, SMMEs within our shopping centres, where we will forego putting a national tenant in to keep a, a local business person who will subsidise mm. uh, because they've got some sort of service that they provide to you know to to the to the local community. Yeah, too many for me to think of now. But uh, as I, as I say, we we do do a hell of a lot, and and you know we are you know, as we we continue looking to ways to expand our our relationships and our networks with our communities, um, and in to empower them uh, towards ownership of the mall and 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 ancillary businesses, um, you know, around the fringes of of the mall and within the mall itself. Lastly, Jason, turning things back to corporate, Exemplar is listed on the JSC, but mm-hmm. it's a tightly held fund. Are there any plans for capital raises or to broaden its investor base? Despite its sector's topping performance, it's not the most liquid fund out there. And I suppose it's not an <laughs> issue necessarily an issue for you, but uh, I'm sure there's wannabe investors that would, would want to get a bite of the action. No, 100%. You know, it, uh, it was something that, that a financial analyst warned me years ago. They said eventually there'll be like bees around the honeypot, and we've certainly started to hear the humming. 
Um, there's a lot of people that are asking us, you know, when are you going to do something with it? Uh, obviously, you, you know, financials with, with an LTV of 35%. Uh, at this time, there's no pressing issues. But in the same breath, obviously, we are going to want to, to start doing more with the um, with the fund. Um, we didn't list just because we enjoyed governance. Mm. Um, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately um, you know, we're, upon listing, I, I, I spoke to all the banks and, and everyone, and I said, listen, for, you know, the, this question came up, and I said, from our side, we wanted to get a couple of years of good, solid results behind our name to prove that, you know, we, we can play in this space as well. You know, we certainly knew we could play in the developmental space, and we've been managing our own stuff, you know, for, for the past 40 years anyway. But obviously, having to step up to the levels of governance required of the listed, listed entity in the JSC. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we've got that behind us at the moment. At the moment, there's no need for us to be raising capital. Certainly, you know, I'd like to broaden. We'd like to broaden the the, the shareholder base. There's no doubt about it. I don't think, you know, I don't even think there's been a hundred shares traded in, in in the past financial year. If that, you know, mm. I, I'm not I'm not sure because all this all, all the free float. Uh, that exists in exempt is all partners, uh, you know, yes. of ours in developments that have swapped up. So they know the family, they know the business ethos, they know the track record, the history, and that they know a lot of the future. So they they understand where we're going, and they don't want to be offloading their um, offloading their stocks. So certainly from our side, it's you know we've got over half a million square meters in our development pipeline. You know, just organically, there's going to come a time where we're going to have to tap the market if we're going to bring those to into example, and we're going to have to bring them into example or, or flow them out of NPD, um, because you know NPD in itself can't develop the, you know that that size of a pipeline without with you know without churning its development stock, um, and you know we are looking at some some um, some acquisitions, and if those acquisitions you know come off, then there's no doubt that 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 would be a you know it would be a moment that would allow us then to go and tap the markets, uh, obviously at the right price. We're certainly not going to go to the markets when we need the money, um, mm. because otherwise we, you all know what happens with the pricing. So yeah, you know, at at the right time at the right price, certainly we'd like to get in um, you know a, a a a pool of retail investors so that there is a genuine free float plus one or two institutional investors that have a slightly longer term view. Um, and that are willing to come along, you know, the ride with us. But as I say, at, at the moment we are, are sitting comfortably. There's no need for us to be to be chasing equity at the moment with with a 35 uh, odd percent LTV. Mm. Um, but you know that can all change with one one acquisition. So you know we'll have to wait and see. That was Jason McCormick, CEO of JSE Listed Exemplar Retail. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. Brought to you by Brawl Property Group. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Seren on Twitter at Seren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. 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 MoneyWeb, your trusted source for business and investment insights.